0: Up next on Beyond the Clef, I have Jeff Grogan, and we're going to be talking about uh, his uh, time here at SMSC 2019, the guest clinician, and uh, some of the clinics that he's going to tease for us on that, and uh, his time with uh, youth orchestras in New Jersey, and then also um, going to finish up with his transition from the band world to the orchestra world. That's all coming up next on Beyond the Clef.
1: Beyond the Clef is presented by Director's Choice.
0: All right, so I'm here with uh, the featured clinician for TODA, Jeff Grogan. Thank you so much for being on the program.
1: It is a pleasure, and I'm remembering back to our camp days together at Texas Tech I knew I knew you from somewhere and so it's great to put those pieces of the puzzle back together yeah
0: I was just a new college student and so yeah uh, that's really great that you connected I did not have any idea Um, of course
1: sometimes they're a blur yeah yeah. oh yeah yeah
0: (laughs) so of course you're now the uh, director of orchestral activities at the Oklahoma City uh, Bass School of Music did I get all that right that's correct (laughs) great cool so tell me a little bit about what you do there
1: I conduct the orchestra.
0: That's easy enough.
1: I have some graduate students uh, that are fantastic, and then I just do a, spend a lot of time on the road recruiting for the school and uh, trying to give the students the best experience possible so they can go out and teach or, or um, perform to the best of their ability.
0: All right, cool. Well, and you're um, not just in Oklahoma City but also across the nation. You've been doing all sorts of interesting things. And in New Jersey, I think you were telling me you you were doing three youth orchestras in yeah. New Jersey?
1: Uh, New York and New Jersey. Okay, New York great. City and New Jersey.
0: Tell me about your involvement with those programs and which sure. programs. Just
1: over a period of a couple of years, um, I started with the New Jersey Symphony. It's their education conductor. It's kind of like a resident conductor position. Did 40 concerts or so a year with the orchestra. And then they had a youth orchestra. Then I got another youth orchestra in New York City. Uh and then another youth orchestra called the New Jersey Symphony, Youth Symphony uh, in New Jersey, and all of those, you know, they would have 10 to 14 orchestras that sort of fed up into the top group, and I was artistic director over each of those organizations, and it was the dream job of a lifetime. Wow. So much fun.
0: And it's always so fun. I've, I've been involved with our local youth orchestra that mm-hmm. is much smaller than those, but uh, uh, I, it's always great to see not or another facet of music education I'll say private because it's it's a more or less it's not a public school right. you know situation but it's always so cool because we can serve uh, those kids in a very specific way um, and for instance in m- my district unfortunately there is no orchestra program yet <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, my kids can be served and, and be a part of a full orchestra yeah so, well.
1: And and a lot of the students, you know, we we had pretty rigid rules around students being a part of their school program right. as a requirement to participate in our program. Because, I feel like that's key. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you know, we some students were homeschooled, of course, yeah. or went to private school, and that that was all fine. But that um, it, would it really helped us a lot. Um, right. And I think is is the key to you know making it a community effort because when you bite the hand that feeds you and. You just want you just want all those people to be working together for the students and not create animosity.
0: So, what advice do you have for other orchestras? You obviously had a lot of uh, success in getting students involved in the program. It was a large youth orchestra program. Uh, what advice do you have, for uh, instance, for maybe my um, situation in our local area to try to bolster our numbers and, and get more kids involved
1: in the youth orchestra? Mm-hmm. So, you know, the students that choose typically to participate and youth orchestra are in 27 different activities, right? <laughs> they're, they're so smart. They're, they're really working hard on the academic side of things. They're trying to be the best musician they can be for their school group. So they're very busy. So I think the key is that every week is transformative. And so those rehearsals have to be amazing. I think the, the textbook, the repertoire has to be amazing. Something that's going to make those two and a half, three hours once a week Something that they have to car, it's a huge sacrifice, but it has to be uh, compelling and life changing every week. And for in order for them to volunteer that time,
0: and how does that translate to the younger group to get them in to continue up and, and uh, advance?
1: Same thing. It's just you know you you have this one shot a week, you know, which is different than sort of the pacing in a lot of school programs. When I taught public school in Texas, it was every day, you know, for a, a solid almost hour. And it was a different kind of pacing than this one shot a week. So I mean, you're hoping it's more advanced students, you know, typically the ones who are really eager, who have floated to the top of their own programs. And, uh, and so going at a trajectory and at a rate that's really high speed, high velocity, challenging, but also super rewarding.
0: So tell me about some of the other programs you've been involved with. I'm sure you you work with students across the country, but also you work with some professional groups as a guest conductor. Tell me about those experiences.
1: Sure. And and most of that happened in New York uh, when I was there, of course with New Jersey Symphony, that. you know I mean those musicians are amazing amazing orchestra I did a lot of freelance work uh, also in New York like uh, Little Orchestra Society uh, Adelphi Chamber Orchestra and then uh, did some recording sessions like Mark O'Connor uh, has these method books and he would bring in people from all over the country and and I would conduct those studio recordings and I just I was never bored uh, always doing that but but my work with young people is that's the thing I feel most passionate about, right. and love spending most of my time doing.
0: It's different when they're professionals. A little bit, sure. You know, different, w- different atmosphere.
1: Well, and you know, transitioning for me into the professional world because I'd been a teacher forever. You know, it's different. It's a different. I lived for rehearsals. You know, and they live for performances. The rehearsal is a uh, okay. necessary evil. To, you know, be efficient. Let's fix this. Tighten up that. Up that. And then the concert is where they let it rip. With students, the concerts are great and all, but all the the amazing, life changing moments usually happen in the in the rehearsals, and that's that's so much fun. But that's a big difference, you know.
0: Now I, I must ask you. Um, I feel like we're close enough that I can ask you this. Oh no, <laughs> is there a requirement of the length of hair for <laughs> professional orchestra? Teachers no. and conductors is because I feel like that's a trend. Listen, I'm telling you, Do you I, all get together at your little no, club I, and. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, my wife likes it longer. <laughs> right. I like it shorter. Okay. I cut it short from time to time, and I I feel the heat. So. Yeah. And then I also get busy. I mean, I've gone straight for like a month and a half without being at home, and so right. I haven't. <laughs>
0: Sorry, uh, of course our <laughs> listeners are listening to this coming out whenever they get it's it. So but for me, this is the tenth. Yeah. <laughs> this is the tenth <laughs> interview. I'm getting a little sillier, but uh, it's okay. It's okay. I think it's fun. <laughs> so you are, uh, like I said earlier in the interview, um, the guest clinician for a TODA mm-hmm. uh, here at SMSE 2019 when we're filming yep. this, um, and you've been doing a lot of clinics. Yes. Can you tell me about your clinics that you're doing uh, for us, and then uh, kind of give us an overall picture? of... what what they're about.
1: Sure. I mean, the basic gist of all my clinics is how to make sure that the factory work doesn't stay factory work. There's always some sort of musical inspiration behind everything that we're doing uh, in rehearsals or with students, even when we're tightening things up, cleaning things up, working on precision, that there's always an artistic end to that. So even when you're doing that, Somehow being inspiring because we all know that you have to have that to keep the students focused. Focus is difficult, especially with you know various age, but I mean, when students are really focused, they are really good, and when they're not quite focused, that goes away, it's not as powerful. So, you want them to be as focused as you can make them all the time. But um, all of those things mostly center around uh, conducting, and I've noticed with the younger generation, you know, we we have these conducting workshops all over the country and they sometimes fill up in five minutes now where that used to not be the case because i think with the younger generation of teacher it's become even more important possibly because when you conduct with your ensemble that's a moment where you can share and that inspiration can come through and if you're really good at at that i think it it, it, takes the the level of the group to the next level because they're inspired and and conducting is a great vehicle. You could save yourself a lot of time in rehearsal by being a better conductor. Uh, And so I think more and more people are finding that as a great vehicle to express how they feel about the music with their their students.
0: We were talking about that in an earlier podcast that, uh, you know, we learned so much in college, it's just the basics, but it's assumed I think now that once you get out into the world and you start teaching, you do not know everything. <laughs> it's impossible, um, and but a lot of people shut off, and then they, they start to prioritize. and I got to I got to learn how to um, tune this this string, or I have to learn how to teach clarinet embouchure Mm -hmm. or um, how to um, get my uh, seventh grade boys to sing this, you know. That's the craft part, right? Yeah. So they focus on that, but then conducting goes to the wayside. And that's always something that I talk about with my student teachers going in. They have to prioritize what they're doing because it gets in the way a lot of times if it's poor, but also, like you said, it saves time.
1: You know, it's, it's interesting in these workshops and even when I'm doing clinics with groups, middle school, high school, whatever, when the when the group plays by themselves, it's almost always better than it is with a conductor. <laughs> you know? And <laughs> yeah. and you, you haven't played but all of a sudden so many things fix yeah. themselves. Every time. And and it's not that we're we get in the way a lot. Right. You know, there are times they need us. Transitions, changes. If things are rushing we can try to help to pull things back or or help, but a lot of times we're just in there flapping away and that, that causes usually more damage. Um, than if we weren't there at all. So I always tell my students, I say, all right, so before we start, I just want you to know the orchestra, the band, whatever you're conducting is going to sound better without you. So what is it that you're going to do as a conductor to stay out of the way and and be there when you need to be and then be out of their way when you need to be out of their way? And I think that's most of the battle for, for teachers and conductors.
0: Right. So if you're uh, talking to... Uh First year, third year, second year teacher, anything in that area. What advice do you have for them to improve on their craft of conducting specifically?
1: Um, I'm just going to take sort of the, you know, there's usually three things, two or three things that we spend almost all of our time on in these conducting workshops. And, and one of them is just to have sort of an artistic goal. I mean, there's there's music that just sort of plods along. But you have to sort of bring your your artistry to it. You know, a simple melody, if it just goes along, you know, it 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 can be pretty boring. But to bring just a little bit of life to that, just to, you, the shape, the way it starts, the way it, you know, it peaks in the middle. You know, some sort of phraseology to it. Uh, to have an artistic idea about every measure in the piece, I think is is our duty. And then as conductors. Our job is to sort of get that across. I know when I was teaching middle school band, uh, you know, I, I started sort of backwards, I think, in my mind. We worked on technique and metronome, and and it was only sort of the factory work for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And just right before contest, maybe we had a little special item. And that was so counterintuitive to me. And, and I, when I flipped it, and had the artistic vision, the excitement, the energy, the color, the possibilities in there from the beginning as they learned it, I found that we we had a much quicker trajectory. Oftentimes when I address artistic things, the technical things automatically fix themselves. You know? And my teachers always told me that when I was young, and I was like, no, that's not possible. (laughs) But I've seen it over and over again, especially with all states, you know, or all regions. You have two days to turn it around, it's got to be fast. So.
0: You mentioned uh, you started your career in the band world. I did. And then now you are the director of orchestral activities there was a transition period in there you said before the uh we started recording that you switched to the dark side tell me about that and, and kind of the struggles you you
1: faced my band friends say that oh okay let's be clear
0: what do your orchestra friends say
1: <laughs> thank welcome. you for joining our team <laughs> welcome to the club that's right yeah. um i don't know i i when i was in fourth grade this movie called star wars came out And, uh, you know, I grew up in a very small town in Texas, no musicians in my family. And the only way to relive the movie back in those days was to buy the record, uh, the soundtrack on the recording, uh, for the recording of them, and try to relive it in your head, you know, with no replay or videotape or anything like that. So as a fourth grader, I bought this record and I was listening to it for three hours a night. My parents thought I was insane. And then I started conducting to it. So I knew, like, I wanted to be a musician at that point in my life because I enjoyed that. Somebody said, hey, you should listen to Holst, The Planets, and check out Shostakovich. I was like, wow, these guys got a lot of good ideas from John Williams. So it was, it was pretty—that's how I sort of got thrust into this. But um, band was my life. I, I taught uh, public school for two years in Texas and then, then at University of Michigan in Baylor— uh, d- doing the marching band actually and during my time at Baylor I conducted the Waco Youth Symphony and uh, got to work with the orchestra there on some really great repertoire Mahler Two, Beethoven 9 I mean some of the greats and I just fell in love with it and then an opportunity came for me to do a one year position at Ithaca College as their orchestra conductor and then I got the, the job there after that and that was it, I was an orchestra conductor after that so uh, when
0: it, um, so what instrument do you start with? French horn. Okay. Well,
1: trombone for a year, then okay. French horn.
0: Yeah. Um, and then how does that... Ha- what uh, difficulties do you think you have going over into the non wind world at all yeah. uh, when, when you're playing? I mean, well, when they're playing.
1: Uh, into the string world, you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's actually... It's so much clearer to teach because you see it. You can see the mistakes as they're happening. When okay. there's a problem, you, you know, there's so many... things you can't see going on inside of here that you're just trying to guess or explain to the students and with the string players it's so easy to see from a student standpoint it's really easy to explain from a teacher standpoint it's easy to watch you can close you can close your ears and watch the orchestra and you can hear the you can see the problems so in a way it's just physics that's cool uh i mean this left hand's a whole different thing but but a lot of the ensemble things and orchestra has to do with that bow, right hand bow, bow stuff. So, right. And I learned from a lot of great people too. You know, <laughs> soaked it up and watched them do their thing.
0: Right. Well, thank you so much for being on the program. Absolutely. Give me these tidbits. Um, I'm also a, a fellow fan of Star Wars, <laughs> of course. There's so many people out there, but um, yeah, actually, dirty secret uh, uh, that I don't think anybody really knows. I actually, started my podcast World with Star Wars a couple years ago I I was a guest on a friend's little Star Wars podcast I was like hey I could do this I should do this for a band so that's kind of where it started and I'm sure now there's a bunch of people that are going to be going out there and googling my name (laughs) and something so I'll let you find it on your own but it was kind of dorky but I love it
1: I was working with the National El Sistema Orchestra preparing it for Dudamel last week in LA and uh, I snuck off for an afternoon to experience Galaxy's Edge Yes. And uh, life-changing, but we'll talk about that off camera. Yeah. I'll share my experience. All right. Thank you so much.
0: Uh, This is Jeff Grogan, and thank you so much for being on the program. It's been fantastic. Great to see you you. again. Yeah.
1: Thanks for joining us for this episode of Beyond the Clef. For more great content, subscribe on our website at beyondtheclef.com. And be sure to follow us on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Facebook.